Hello and welcome to the Slow Home Podcast. This is the podcast all about slow living for a fast-paced world and I am Brooke McCallery. My name is Ben McCallery and welcome to episode 227. Thank you. I'm excited for this. We've got we've got through to March and for those playing along at home, we're doing experiments every other month this year. We are. Yeah, we are. Actually, we, let's talk about that a bit because we did mention it maybe at the end of last year, the beginning of this year, but the experiments are the, one of the most common things that people talk to us about whenever we you, we meet anyone who listens to the podcast. And last year was a bit crazy and we opted to not do the experiments, 2017, and, and we missed them and so did you guys. Yeah, so, everyone missed them. Yeah. So they're back. We're doing them slightly differently this year uh, because we're only doing one episode a week, 2018. We are doing an experiment every second month, as you said. And uh, it's the 1st of March, first day of the first experiment of 2018. So we're going to go in pretty gently this episode, but let's announce what we're what we're experimenting with this week. This yeah, month. we mentioned it last at the beginning of last week's episode, but... This month is all about the great outdoors and specifically prioritizing time in the great outdoors, prioritizing time spent outside in nature. Let's get into it. Okay. So first things first, what is the great outdoors? What are we actually experimenting with this month? Because, you know, like what are we actually trying to achieve by getting out into the great outdoors? Well, good question. I guess that's why it's an experiment. Because, you know, we're going into it with fairly open mind. But also I have a fairly strong feeling just personally and then with all the research I've been doing about spending an increased amount of time outdoors that it's going to have a really big impact on so many different areas. So, we, I mean, the, the key with the slow experiments is we don't want people to feel pressured into things. I mean, you don't obviously don't have to join in if you don't want to, but I know a lot of people like to. So the point is to try and keep it simple, but also try and keep it consistent. So really we want, we want to encourage people to just spend time outdoors in some kind of nature every day, a park, a, a walk around the block. A, a bushwalk, a hike, whatever. I mean, it can be as big or as small as you want. But we're also going to talk through the month about ways of incorporating some of the benefits of spending time in nature in your everyday on those days where you actually can't. Because you spoke about re- like doing a bit of research yep. on this. And I think that's pretty important because we all know subconsciously and we've heard from people and we've probably experienced it ourselves that you the positive impacts and effects of being outdoors are huge and obvious as well very obvious yeah in fact they're that obvious that i think that we don't subconsciously we don't even realize the power of nature and how much we as a society try to bring nature into our lives as much as possible because i read somewhere we spend 95 percent of our time indoors yes insane amount of time indoors but Along that journey of long, you know, from caveman onwards of spending less and less time outdoors, we've tried to bring the outdoors indoors as much as possible 
tried to still experience nature. Things like as simple as having pets, mm. you know, like dogs and cats and, you know, they were wild dogs and wild cats and we've brought them indoor, we've domesticised them and all that sort of thing. So and and like bringing plants indoors mm. and... Yeah, right. That's an interesting, an interesting perspective on it, I think, because automatically when I started thinking about this experiment, it was lamenting the fact that as modern humans, we basically abandoned nature. You know, like you said, we spend 95% of our time indoors. I'd never thought about the fact that on some level, evolution-wise, we're, we're still trying to be connected to nature. Yeah. Yeah, that's we really are, interesting. We are dro- and it's, we don't even mean to, I yeah. don't think. No. Because what does a plant do in a indoor space? It relaxes you. Yeah. It gives us oxygen. Like these are vital elements that keep us alive. And instead of going outdoors, we bring it indoors. It's just when you think about it like that, everything from how we prioritise the outdoors. I mean, you look at prices of property, prices of property with views of mountains or oceans they're, they're higher. They're more valuable, they're yeah. more valuable than something that you're mm. looking at a concrete slab outside your window. But this is, so this is interesting, right? So we on some level as humans understand that it's important, understand that it's valuable, understand that it's vital, and yet we don't engage with the outdoors we very often. We actively avoid it. Avoid it. And we, we tell ourselves that things like, um, so, you know, idea of downtime and relaxation we tell ourselves that that looks like Netflix, that looks like going to the pub, that looks like staying at home in your pyjamas all day. Totally can look like that. But we've convinced ourselves almost that relaxation has nothing to do with spending time outside. Yeah, exactly. Nor does performance, nor does mental health or physical health. Like we go to gyms, we exercise inside. We go to a yoga class, we exercise inside. You know, it's like that. that's the missing Yeah part of the, the the health greater health discussion absolutely and like even at a you think about it and this is when it gets really ridiculous you think about it at a really meta level of how as a society instead of going outdoors we create man-made fake natural elements like green spaces in offices mm-hmm. and oh, like even like fake plants inside yeah like how ridiculous like you are you are creating nature and you're not even getting the benefits of well, the nature. Okay. I would disagree with yep. part of what you said. Yeah. Plastic plants, not so much. Yeah, that's what I was really talking yeah. about. Green yeah. Green spaces though. Yeah. We'll go into it Agreed. later. Yeah. But that is at least a sign that companies, architects, city planners, whoever is responsible for this kind of stuff are starting to take notice of the fact that people are on the whole happier and healthier when they're exposed to green spaces in their daily lives so urban environments that's been the struggle right you live in the city you work in the city how often would you spend time in a park or in a wild space unless you actively went and sought it and there's obviously arguments to say that going out to the mountains or going out to you know a wild ocean or something like that is different to spending time in a green space in your office, but there are still massive benefits to people in terms of performance and mental and physical health, even just from something as simple as that. I, I, I totally agree with you and I was referring to plastic plants, okay, really, not really green spaces. Because, yeah, green spaces, 
they're amazing what they're doing. Yeah. Google or we'll include a link in the show notes to Singapore's new airport. Have you seen that? No. Unbelievable. It's like a can you walked into the airport and it's a canopy of real trees. Well, wow. it's, it's like a forest. And you you walk down this boulevard of these massive trees and is that at Changi Airport? Well, I think it's a new airport. That, oh. that, yeah, I think it's Singapore. Anyway, well, f- the correct link will be in the in the <laughs> in the show notes. But it in terms of a green space, I've seen nothing like oh, it before. Okay. It is unbelievable. So that was a very large nutshell, but essentially that's why we have decided to make this our experiment for the month. There is so much to gain from spending a small amount of time outside every day or as often as possible. And the benefits are huge, but I think it's also just an encouragement to reprioritize and put this at the top or somewhere near the top of your to-do list, your priorities for the month and see if it has an impact. So I like a, I like a bit of structure with my experiments. Okay. Well, last year, no, it was the year before, 2000. When, would, when did we do experiments? 2016. Yes. So I liked, you know, having a little bit of structure around and a goal almost of, you know, you, you, you reach this goal every week or every month. How many, how many hours slash minutes do you propose we spend in the great outdoors per day? For or, a, or is it a personal thing or do we do it as a group thing? I think it's a personal thing because people's circumstances are different to ours. I mean our family. Oh, our family? Yeah. Yeah, definitely it's a group thing. It's a family thing. Mm -hmm. We don't have to do it together, but I think we should all be aiming for an hour outside in nature every day. And so what about for the people that it's actually not possible for Well, That's really why I just want to encourage people to reprioritise it. Just try and get something every day. If you can tick that box Mm -hmm. every day and see whether there's been any improvement any benefits at the end of the month I think that would be really interesting so I did actually create a um a checklist for people specific I mean for anyone obviously anyone can use it but it's kind of like a scavenger hunt list of suggestions different ways to get out into nature over the next 30 days that won't necessarily require you to go and take a hike somewhere or you know to to go out of your way it's about engaging with nature even if it is in a tiny way you know like there's things on it like study a a flower blooming and things like that just switching our attention to natural elements that Mm. surround us Mm -hmm. you know so if you're looking for some suggestions or if you're concerned that you're not going to be able to do an hour a day or a specific length of time go and grab the the checklist over at slowyourhome.com slash nature and I'll be really interested to see, I, I think, people's experience of it. I'm, I'm sure there'll be people who are thinking sceptically of it. I can't imagine this is going to make a big difference. Uh, and then there'll be people who will be feeling like they're just not going to be able to to commit any sort of length of time to it. So particularly for those people, just just try. That's mm. what the experiment, the beauty of the experiment is. So to give people a bit of an idea of when we come back next week and talk about what we've done. So we're, I think we're pretty fortunate and we were at an advantage for this Definitely. month because we're in we're in the Rocky Mountains in Canada, in British Columbia and Alberta at the moment. We're in a little town in British Columbia with a lot to do out, outdoors. Mm. So what does that look like on the looking at it as a scale? So 
one end of the scale is like trekking and doing like a massive hike for hours. Yeah. On the other end of the scale, it's things like even if you cannot physically get outside, it's like looking at a picture. Yeah. So this is the other thing that I found I found really interesting in the research for people who can't get outside. Uh, let's say you're sick, or your kids are sick, or you're you know you're stuck in an office all day with no way of getting outside. Even looking at a video or some pictures of wild natural outdoor spaces has a positive impact in a ver- in various ways on people. So don't let one busy day or a period of time where your kids are sick or whatever it may be uh, to like derail you from this experiment. We're going to put together a, a list of some really beautiful videos and some images, things like that, that on those days that you can't, you just can't do anything um, outdoors, we'd like, you, I guess, to encourage you to just try looking at these videos or these pictures and seeing if there's any impact for you as well. Uh, so, yeah, you can run the, the whole gamut from multi-day hike down to looking at videos of beautiful natural spaces. I find that unbelievable that you could achieve. I don't think it's going to be the same. It's not the same, but it is still like a marked benefit. So there was this, there's this study that's ongoing in a prison in Oregon. So it's ongoing. Well, the last I read of it, it's still ongoing. So there's not been any findings released, but... What they've done is separate the the inmates into two groups and these inmates have been allowed to exercise for 40 minutes several times a week. Both groups are allowed the exact same amount of exercise time. One group does it in the regular gym, which is a concrete room, fluorescent lighting. No, you can I, imagine it, like no a gymnasium just, type thing without any windows exactly. or doors. Yeah. The other group exercises in the blue room or the blue gym Mm -hmm. which has softer lighting and shows videos of natural spaces while they exercise they're the only two differences and the guards at this gym were very skeptical of the experiment from the beginning um, but could not believe the impact it's already had on the behavior of some of the inmates the noise coming out of the concrete gym is loud and there's lots of yelling and carrying on uh, which apparently was quite normal, as opposed to the blue room, the blue gym, where the inmates are calm and enjoying, assumedly enjoying the quiet to the point where they're saying to people, can you just give me a minute? I've got to finish watching my video. You know, and the guards who are really skeptical. I think it's fantastic. Uh, You know, and these, these people aren't being exposed to physical nature. They're just being exposed to images of nature. So, I, I mean, I find that fascinating. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Like if, that's, if that makes a difference and I'm, I will be really interested to find out whether it does. I feel like even doing another experiment within our own household of, of one person that doesn't go outside the <laughs> whole time. Imagine that. No, thanks. No, no. That's just mean. But, yeah, that, that's just amazing. Yeah. So going back to what you said about being an, at an advantage, li- like living, travelling where we are at the moment, I agree with you. We absolutely are. But I've also had a lot of people since we've been on our Canadian travels saying, I, I hate winter. I will not go outside in winter. Mm-hmm. So, it's yes, it is an advantage to us because you and I, we like the cold, we enjoy skiing, we'll go outside regardless of what the weather's doing. But uh, I'd also like to encourage people, regardless of what the weather situation is at home, don't let that become the obstacle 
to getting outside and to enjoying some time in nature, be it really hot. We left when we left Australia, it was like 45 degrees and a million percent humidity. Yeah. You know, don't let that stop you. Think about ways you can obviously avoid the worst parts of the day. Yeah. But yeah, I'd really encourage you to not, not let that be the obstacle that stops you. Mm, because, absolutely. because I mean, I'll link to it. There was a post by a, um, a movement advocate, I think he calls himself, that I follow on Instagram named Jonathan Mead. Uh, and he's always, actually, he's really worth checking out because he's about, you know, wild movement and natural movement, getting outside and playing in trees and all that kind of stuff. But it, wherever he lives, it had snowed overnight and he was outside. He squats down with his, you know, computer on a really low desk mm-hmm. um, and works for 20 minutes in this squat position. And he was doing that outside in the snow, bare feet, no shirt, oh. shorts on. And, and his comment when people are like, that's, that's freezing, nuts. that's crazy. Yeah. He's like, it's just another day. Like I would have done it if there was no snow on the ground. It's just not the day. So while I'm not advocating necessarily for people to go and get like exposure. Yeah, exactly. Illnesses and, and whatnot. Um, I just, I did like that approach that it's just another day. It's mm. just weather. Mm. Like it's just weather. Mm. Can't wait to get into it. Can't wait to get into it. So in terms of structuring the remaining four weeks of March, yeah. how are we going to, are we going to, are we just going to report on what we've done? No, no. Yes, we will do that. But yeah. And then, but we want to also spend some time on going through the actual benefits of spending time in the great outdoors. Exactly. I so kind every of week want this we'll to have be, a theme almost. Yeah. I mean, particularly with this experiment, because there are so many benefits that affect so many elements of a modern life. Uh, I really want to spend time going into some of the research, going into some of the case studies uh, that, that look at a handful of these really big benefits. So that's things like mental health, performance in the workplace, performance in schools, physical health and... Emotional well-being. Thank you. That was the last one that I was thinking of. So How could, is emotional well-being different to physical health? No, sorry, mental health. To me, mental health is looking at things like depression and anxiety and ways that... In this instance, spending mm. time outside can be supplemental in helping people recover or manage mental illness. So to me, that's what the mental health aspect of it looks like. And also bolstering our own mental health so that maybe we don't become someone who's suffering from anxiety or depression. Whereas emotional well-being is about things like, um, you know, the opportunity to reflect on ourselves and nature and the environment when we're outside and building happiness and wonder and awe and all those sorts of things. I mean, they are very closely related, but to me there is quite a difference between focusing on mental health and focusing on our emotional well-being as well. Does that make sense? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So I'm just wondering whether you could, I mean, you identified this experiment as something that we should do. Yep. And it's something that I I always hear you saying to the kids and to me saying, we've got to get outside. We've got to do something outside. Yeah. So you're very cognizant of, of symptoms of not going outside. Right. What Can you just share with us some of those symptoms of what, how you, what you view in us as a family when we don't spend enough time outside? Yeah, that's a good question. I think irritability is a big one. The other day... Uh, I posted about it on Instagram after the fact, actually, I was irritated. Just there was nothing wrong. 
there was no issue at play. I was just irritated physically. He felt irritated, emotionally felt irritated. So I went out for a walk for an hour and it was phenomenal. The change that I experienced as a result of that was, it was, it was a complete 180. Um, so I often see that in us as a family, you know, if we've spent a day on the weekend at home watching movies, whatever, or we've had friends over or we've been to birthday parties, all that kind of stuff, a lot of doing and not so much time spent in experiencing, I guess. And that often shows up to me as irritability. It also looks a lot like excess energy. I often mm. talk about, I mean, we were fortunate in our old house. We had a beautiful garden. So if there was no time for going for a bushwalk or, you know, whatever else it may have been, we could always go outside. And that to me was such a, oh, such a fortunate thing to have. But uh, you and I always talk about this. You know that feeling you get when you've had a day working in the yard or you've had a day, like a big day outside and you come in and you feel satisfyingly tired. Oh, I've, I've, I want to delve into this when we get into the, uh, like the, the physical, physical health yeah. of it. But, yeah, absolutely. It's that bone-numbing tired yeah. that like you you've feel. You've used your body, yeah. but it's not like, oh, I'm knackered, I've been to the gym. No. It's you've used your body, you've been outdoors. Yeah. It's fresh air, it's exposure to the elements, it's all of these things combined yeah. to when you get home or you sit down at the end of the day, it's this like delicious kind of buzz all through your body. Mm -hmm. And I can tell sometimes our family is mm. craving that because mm. there's excess energy, there's a little bit of um, antagonizing happening, we argue more frequently, whatever it may be. It's that cabin fevery kind of feel. Uh, so that's another sign to me that we need to get outside. But I'll often say to the kids, just go outside. Yeah. Go outside. I'm bored. I'm bored. Go outside. You'll find something to do. There's nothing to do out there. Five minutes later, they'll be digging in the mud. They'll be playing a game on the trampoline, whatever. But it's just like flicking that switch. Mm. I've just remembered the, the feeling, the physical feeling that you get when you've spent a lot of time indoors. Like whether you're sick or for mm. whatever reason you just haven't gone outdoors, and like, I reckon there's been times where 48 hours I probably haven't hadn't been outdoors just because I, I don't know, just spent the, whether I'm sick or working, working or doing yep. something, um, you've just spent the whole time indoors. But, and I and I know I'm not the only one that experiences this, but when you do set foot out outdoors for the first time in in a while, there's two things that happened to me it feels like I'm wearing blinkers <laughs> like I can't see I don't have a peripheral vision and the light the natural light it it doesn't sting but it's very it, it's it's big it's large it's really all-encompassing and it makes you have almost like tunnel vision right yeah that's what I mean that's that's the feeling and then the other thing and I think it's correlated, is oxygen. Mm. I just feel like there's so much more oxygen. It's fresh. It's just really very noticeable to me when I've spent too much time indoors. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's like you, you get to take a full breath. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And, and it's, I've taken notice of this in myself over the past probably 18 months. Before we left Australia, I was 
really enjoying bushwalking, really enjoying getting outside, even if it was a 20-minute walk around like the lagoon near our house, which is not at all challenging. You could do it in a pair of thongs. Like it was, you know, it didn't need to be a hike. It took me around five minutes outside in that that natural environment before I started to find myself smiling. Mm, Absolutely. And I would, I was, I was that crazy person on bushwalks that people would say I had this massive grin on my face within five minutes of being outside. I I couldn't replicate that any other way. I think yoga is probably the closest way for me to replicate that feeling of bliss, but it's a different sort of thing. That's an inward thing. Being outdoors is, I don't know, I feel, I get a sense of perspective being in, you know, in amongst trees that are 15, 20 times taller than I am. Yeah. Mountains that are literally kilometres high. You know, there's something really grounding and uplifting at the same time in that. And I, it's, it's addictive. It really is. So I think also that's what I'd love to come out of this experiment is to ingrain that time outdoors into life as a habit because it is addictive mm. but all it takes for, for me anyway, to, to lose that rhythm of spending time outdoors is a couple of days, yeah. a couple of busy days or, like I said, a weekend where you've got birthday parties and social engagements and stuff and you, you've not taken the opportunity to reconnect with the, the elements. That's all it takes. And then we're really good at convincing ourselves that, oh, it's okay, it's fine, I'll get to it, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. And then it's been a week and then it's been two weeks. So I'd really like particularly on the days where there's a lot of excuses and reasons to not do it, it's cold, I'm not feeling well, I'm tired, to, to still make it happen. So if people want to play along with us mm-hmm. on this experiment, what is the best thing to, because I love, I love getting the community together and sharing how they're going and yep. what they're doing differently or what they're increasing. So I know for one that we'll share a lot of stuff on Instagram, so... I'm new on Instagram, so if you uh, want to follow me, I've put up a lot. I'm going to put up a lot of videos, already put up a lot of videos, but of the great outdoors and, and doing our one hour a day outdoors. So it's Ben underscore McCallery. And then I'm just Brooke McCallery on Instagram. But the other place I think that would be a really good place to connect would be on the Slow Home Podcast Instagram as well, which is just at Slow Home Pod. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're probably the three places that you're yeah, most that's likely. Where we, like that's we're kind where of we're corralling gonna... people around there. You yeah. can use the hashtag slow experiment yep. if you want to and, and let us know. I mean, we're on Facebook as well. Mm-hmm. Like I said the other day, Twitter's kind of dead to me now. But uh, so those two places or, um, you know, over on the website, you can always leave a comment, of course. But, yeah, I think they're probably the best places to go. And I guess the other thing that might be motivating or – helpful for people who are looking to get involved but, I don't know, need a bit of convincing or, or need encouragement encouragement, or to understand why it's so important. Mm-hmm. There's a few episodes actually of the podcast over the last almost three years that might give a bit of shape to, to what they want, what you personally want to achieve from mm-hmm. the experiment. Um, I'll link to them all in the show notes. But Katie Bowman is a really good one, Nutritious Movement. Who else? We've got Tim Silverwood. We talk a lot about spending time outdoors in that episode. Same with Sarah Wilson. And Annie Razor Roland as well from The Art of Frugal Hedonism. That's it. I got there. One of my favourite phrases of all time. It's so good. 
Uh, but all of those episodes, while not necessarily talking about solely spending time in, in nature, they all come back to time and time again the importance of it uh, and they all have sort of different different perspectives on it, I think, too. There's also a few people on Instagram. I mentioned Jonathan Mead, who people might be interested in. Um, Daniel Vitalis is another one. Uh, and I will include a link to a few of those sorts of accounts on, in the show notes, which are, as always, at slowyourhome.com slash 227 for today's episode. Uh, but I'm really excited about this. Yeah. Uh, it's the 1st of March. I've spent... I've already spent an hour outdoors. You have, and I'm going today. for a walk along the river shortly. So get into it. And let us know how you go uh, over the next week. You can use hashtag slow experiment and enjoy your week. Enjoy your time outdoors and have a cracker. Have a great big outdoor adventure week. time. Who is that? Hi, Puck Pass.